your business is your epic saga. That is your Star Wars story. So making sure that you have three main heroes, three bank accounts that are making sure you win in the end. Hey, it's JP. Hi, it's Excel. And you're listening to Terry Shower on the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. I'm here with David Richter, who is a representative of Simple CFO, and he's going to talk to us about profit first today. How you doing, David? I'm doing great. How about you, Terry? Good, good. It's been a, like a podcast marathon. I think this is like the third or fourth show I'm recording today. So <laughs> fun stuff. Those <laughs> are fun no days. Filter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, why don't, by way of um, starting out, why don't you tell me a little bit about the journey that has led you to be on the show today? Sure. So I started my real estate journey about 10, 11 years ago in 2012, bought my first house after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and getting started in the real estate world. That was in college. A friend gave me that book. Then got a part of a company because I wanted to learn more about real estate. So I joined a small real estate investing company where they were doing about five deals a month. And we scaled that company to about 25 deals a month. So we were doing wholesale and fix and flip and rentals and lots of different things in the real estate investing world. And then was there for about five years, did about 850 deals and saw that even though we were doing 25 deals a month and that sounds awesome, we were spending about 26 worth of deals out the door. So that was not awesome. So I'm like, what the heck are we doing? Like, why, you know, we're waking, we're making all this money, but then it's all going right back out the back door. So that got my my interest peaked in like, okay, how do we actually become profitable? And then from there, I went to a lot of different events and heard that from other people too. They would say on stage like, oh, we're making this much, or they'd be in the room and be like, yeah, we're doing this many deals. And then they'd be crying in their beer at the, you know, at the counter being like, ah, oh, shoot, we didn't, where's all the money going? So that's when... I got, that's what even sparked my interest more of like, there's probably a big need on this side, like to actually be profitable and like, how do we actually manage the money on the back end? Well, I moved from the area that I was in at that time from that company and everything, moved across the country, had some of my own rentals and stuff. So like had some financial freedom, moved to work with this other guy in the real estate world. And lo and behold, the first thing I asked him was like, show me your numbers. Cause like the numbers don't lie. You know, like I want to see your books, like open up your your uh the numbers for your business and he did and it was all a mess because most real estate investors don't have a real estate investing bookkeeper or accountant or they you know or the person doesn't really know what they're doing i'm like yeah this is a mess like let's get this cleaned up we got it cleaned up and it turns out he had a bunch of equity in like uh, his rental portfolio so we were able to refinance that get him some money in his pocket and i was able to just tell him like plain and simple this is what you're making on a monthly basis spending and keeping and he was like boom like this is really good. Like I, this is eye opening. And he told me these words, like this has changed my life. And I'm like, okay, I need to start a company to be able to do this for more people. Because if more people just had the power that he had in his hands, which is like, to me was just real simple. This is what you need to see. That's where, you know, I started simple CFO basically to help people at that point, just know what was going on in their business from a financial aspect. I had a good mentor call me because I was starting this company and he told me, have you ever read the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz? And I said, no. And then I read that book, t- t- took 10 pages of notes, and I loved it because it was a simple 
cash management system for entrepreneurs. This was not something I need. Because even though, like, if you can see me live, I look like the numbers person. Like, I look like an accountant. But my background is, like, entrepreneur. Like, I love starting the company. I love doing the deals in the real estate world. And so, for me, I needed something simple. So, it was a very simple book of, like, what do I do with the dollars once they're in the bank so I don't end up in that situation again of 25 deals a month and doing a, a ton of stuff, but then having it all go out the back door and more. So that's where that just really helped. I started actually implementing that in real estate businesses, that cash flow system plus the R system of fractional CFO services and saw that, you know, transform more businesses. So I reached out to the original author, got him to sign off on me writing Profit First, the book Profit First for Real Estate Investing. So I got to author that book and be a part of that book deal and publish that in December 2021 just to get that out to the real estate world because I've been a part of lots of deals and have now seen that implemented uh, successfully uh, hundreds of times. So now it was like, here, here's the actual system baked into the book. And that's where it got us to this podcast because now I'm just speaking about this because so many people are living deal to deal. So instead of living maybe paycheck to paycheck or month to month, now they're living like deal to deal in the real estate world. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like that. If you, if you, if you mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like when we were on our podcast together, it's like so many people live in their own real estate rat race. And I was like, I just want to get them out of that because they don't, I don't want you trading one, working like this J-O-B and then going into real estate and being like, okay, what? there's nothing different, only it's worse. Like I traded 40 hours and now I'm working 100 and making less. What? <laughs> you know, It's like, that's where I want to get out of that. So there, there you go. There's like my five minute overview of my journey from real estate investing like heavily to now like helping real estate investors make sure if they're going to heavily invest in real estate, they actually have money at the end of the day. Okay. That's uh, very, uh, very, it was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It's been an interesting journey. That's yeah. all I have to say. Um, But so now I wonder if you can like get into specifics, right? Because like yeah. what I find interesting are like patterns, you know, and where you find patterns of things where people trip up or patterns of mistakes people make. This is where there's like a real ROI on helping people like get out of their own way on that specific topic. So, yeah. you know, may, can you, is there anything you could maybe tell our audience about that they could walk away from the show with and be like, yeah, like this is the one or two or three places where I'm doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And that's keeping me in the dark on my finances. Oh man, I can, yeah, we could spend all day here, but I'll give you the top two or three. Top number one is that most on the financial side, most business owners build their business on the hope and pray plan. I hope I make enough and I pray there's enough at the end of the day, year, when I sell the business, whenever. You know, it's like they don't have, what do I actually need from my business? And you wrote the mindful the mindful landlord and it's like a lot of people are in their own way. They just want to, they go to some event like we were going to and like you hear, oh, they're doing 25 deals a month or they're doing like a million dollars a year. I want to do that. And then their dream becomes your dream. And then you think that you're a failure just because you're not doing what they're doing. Instead of saying, no, this is what my family needs. This is how much I want to work. This is how many properties I want to own. This is how much I want to flip or whatever it is that you want to do. That's where you have to take that step back and say, no, I need to find what I need to keep from the business. Because most investors, the, the root of that problem is that a lot of them feel like, hey, I'm making money but feel broke. But then the root is they don't know on the financial side, they don't know three simple numbers. I don't know what I'm making, spending, or keeping. So like the first counteract to the hope and pray plan is finding what I need to keep from the business. So it's not about what I'm making. It's not what I'm about what I'm spending. It's really about 
what is that difference that I get to keep from it? So that way I'm not just working and working and working and not seeing any any result from it. Literally talked to a couple today where they had their biggest year last year, $700,000 like in revenue. And they were like, yeah, but we have pennies to show at the end of the year. <laughs> and we owe taxes this year for last year. It's like, oh, shoot. You know how many times I hear that though? Because all of us walk that path. We think that we think that just making more money is going to dig us out of the hole. And that's where I love Keith Cunningham's statement. He says, if you scale cancer, the tumor grows. So it's like, if I'm going to scale this stuff and it's just bad stuff, it's like putting in a gas in a plane that's going down. It's like, well, I'm just going to get there faster. You know, so that's where we have to make sure that we're getting what we want from the business and that it's not just the same mindset, the same thoughts that are going to keep us from getting there. It's those habits. A lot of us have had parents or people in our life that said money doesn't grow on trees. No, you can't do that. No, we can't do this. No, we can't go there. No, we can't afford that. Or they didn't give you the time of day and you had no idea how to manage the money or we had bad money messages given to us. So then we go out and then we see other people be successful and we're like, we want to be like them, but we don't know. We don't know if they're really successful. We don't know if they have bad money habits behind the scenes, or we don't know even if they have good ones, what did they do to get there? You know, so that's where we have to do that first step and say, nope, I'm not writing their story. They're not writing mine. I'm writing my own story here. I want to make sure I find what I need to keep. That would be like the number one thing. So that would be like sitting down and literally writing out. How much are the expenses that I need to bring home on a monthly basis? And let me write that number out and then say, okay, what do I want for my business too? What number gets me excited? Why did I start real estate investing? That number write down as well. So if you need like what, let's just say 10,000 a month to break even and, you, and you're like, okay, what would 20, 30, 40, 50 do for you as well too? What could you fulfill in your life, bigger causes or whatever it is for you? So that's like to get you excited. But then the key here with this point too is if you have a spouse, sit down with them. The people that usually are closest to us get neglected the most when it comes to the financial side of our business. The ones that might need the actual money. They're always asking, when's the groceries? You know, like, can I go out there and purchase this? Can we go out for a date night? Can we do this thing? Sit down with them and say, no, this is what we're going to attack. This is where I'm going to make sure that we're going to get at least this much every single month. And then we'll be more on a plan like this. So that way we, we're going to be on the same page. So that would be number one is getting out of your own way and making sure that you as a real estate investor know what you need to keep from the business and making sure it's your business. So that's point number one. I don't know if you want any comments there before I go to point number two, but like I said, I could just keep going and I'm the energized bunny here. So <laughs> Mom, that's the vibe I'm getting. Um, no, I feel like that was, that was like really very clear. Um, really very clear. And I, and I think, you know, when you talk about people like living deal to deal, like, I think that's exactly what it is, is that yep. you don't exactly know what you're making, except maybe when you do your taxes once a year, but then there's like the tax accounting and then there's like the real accounting because right. it's not always necessarily the same thing. <laughs> like what you're going to show the tax med is not necessarily what's in your bank account at the end of the year. A hundred percent. That's how, okay. How many business owners go to their tax person and just give them a shoebox full of receipts, but they still manage the dollars that come through their business. Like that's that you can't neglect that. Like the money's going to go in and out. So either you're going to be a poor manager of it, or you're going to have to learn how to actually manage. That's what drove me to profit first too, because it was about that side. Because you've, like you said, you've kind of got the two pieces. You've got the tax portion, like I have to get this done to pay taxes. But then also on this side, I'm going to have to manage the money that actually flows through my fingers too. Yeah. 
And that's, uh, man, I see this story all the time. That's where even in the book, I write about Joey, where he came to me in 2019 and he went into a CPA's office. She said, looking at your books, I'd never get into real estate. And you lost $70,000 this year. You know, it's like, and he told me on that same Zoom call, David, I tried doing more deals. Like I started working 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, started trying to do the three to four deals a month, tried scaling up, had my wife work in the business. She started was so stressful that she started having seizures. Like it was the craziest year of his life. And that's because he thought he was going to these events, hearing other people like, I need to scale, I need to grow, caught that bug. And then it like derailed his whole entire 2019, whereas where CPA said it would have been better for you to work at McDonald's, you know, than for you to work in your real estate business. And it's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Then, you know, to feel like I've wasted all that time, all that energy. And I went backwards, like in a job, usually at a job, they're going to pay you no matter what, like you don't have to pay them back. But in a business, you could like in real estate, if you lose 70,000, you went backwards, you know? So it's like, that's where I don't want people to be like that. That's where, it, like for him, thankfully it has a good ending because on the flip side, we said, we sat down and said, what do you need from your business? So he figured out, it was really simple. Like he took one weekend, came back the next week and said, I figured out with my wife what we need to keep. And he said, David, do you know how many deals I need to do? I was like, I don't know. Is it one to two a month? He said five deals a year. <laughs> I only have to do five flips a year in order to get this amount of money for my family, for this business to operate. And I still have a little bit of rentals over here. So like they, they can actually sustain themselves now. Like I don't have to keep taking from that other company and, you know, sacrificing the cash flow from there to cover the sins of this business. So that's where, you know, that's where a lot of people just need that first step to really get them out of their own rat race. Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, mindfullandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, you know, like we didn't, uh, we had a, like a long chat in the other episode, but um, this is like, you know, the latter part of Mindful Landlord is exactly that, is that like, if you pick your dreams off of someone else's Instagram feed, that is the fastest recipe for unhappiness. You yeah. can't, you know, take those messages from the world around you because, you know, like, like I like to say, I, I attained financial independence with nine doors, like yeah. nine doors. And so like, if we're having a competitive, what I call the bank account Olympics, at a real estate event, like so-and-so has a hundred doors. Yeah. But you know, if my needs are this, and I'm able to run it in a way that works for me. Like maybe that's what, that's what I should be doing in that business. And so you have to get, to, I think you're absolutely right when you say you have to kind of get clear about it. Yeah. Um, let me ask you what's number two. Number two, every business owner, including real estate investors, most of them run the business from one bank account. I look at my bank, I make a financial decision. There's a lot of money there, great, let's spend the money. There's not a lot of money there, don't spend the money. So that's how she, that's how it's, you know, the the last thing that they want to touch is the finances, so they do it in the least painful manner possible. Literally just running it by that one bank account. And then you don't know what's yours, 
What's it, you know, like what's for the tax man? What's for, you know, all the different things. What's my profit? What's for to pay myself? What is this payroll? Is this marketing? Then you feel bad about taking money out. Like, oh man, if I take this out, is marketing still going to be able to run? Is payroll still, you know, like all these different things, all these automatic payments is going to make it overdraft. So then you have no clarity, it's just confusion. And then this is the best way that we know how to manage it because no one's taught us any different. So that's where a lot of people have that one big bank account and then they feel guilty about taking the money out and they don't have any of that. I'm able to actually take control of the business and the money. That's where to counteract this big one, this, this number two here is the profit first system of actually having like the modernized envelope system, which I don't know if Dave Ramsey or if you've heard about this before, like the envelope where you stick the envelope, you know, money in envelopes for the certain expenses in your personal life. And when the money's gone, the money's gone. But it's helping you give every dollar a name. That's really what it's at. It boils down to I'm being intentional with every dollar that flows through my fingers. Same thing on the business side. I don't want you to set up uh, envelopes. I want you to send up like a business bank account to say these are the specific bank accounts that I need to set up in order for me to know what's my profit or like what am I paying out or whatever it might be. So that way you know exactly where your money's going. And in Profit First, there's five fundamental accounts. I give a sixth one in the book for Profit First for real estate investors because there's one that pops and rears its ugly head all the time. So I'll give that here. So if you're listening, I'm going to give you some practical steps. These are the bank accounts you could set up. I call the first three the golden trio of bank accounts. Because if you also see me now, too, I look like the person who loves Harry Potter and Star Wars, and I definitely do. So they have the three main heroes, right? Luke Han, Leia, Harry, Ron, Hermione, making sure that good wins in the end. Your business is your epic saga. That is your Star Wars story. So making sure that you have three main heroes, three bank accounts that are making sure you win in the end, that you actually are able to sleep at night, but not only that, leave a legacy that you want to leave. You did not start your business to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You started it to actually become financially free and maybe attain that freedom that you wanted of the trips, the vacations, the cars, the whatever it might be for you, the causes, whatever that means for you. So the first three will help you achieve that. The first three, profit, owner's comp, and owner's tax. So if you're a business owner, the purpose of the business is to be profitable. Your your purpose might be something completely different, like to give or to be able to have the vacations or like whatever that is. Why did you start your business? You could think of that. But with these three accounts, it helps you focus on we're actually going to keep this money. So profit, owner's comp, owner's tax, the difference between profit and owner's comp. Owner's comp is more the the what you give yourself as a paycheck, whether however you take pay. Oh, whether that's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, if it's a draw or an actual salary or whatever you do in your business. That's to pay yourself for the work you do. And that's where also that feeds point number one. The owner's comp account is helping you get out of your rat race. Because once you start filling that bank account with several months worth, it's like, hey, I can either give myself a raise or at least I know I have three to four to six months worth of my own pay. So if the real estate business went away, I could still be in transition mode or figure out my next move without everything going you know, to, into to pot. The first thing, profit, that first account, that's more of the why did I get into real estate account? Like this is to fund the goals, the dreams, get out of the hole that you might be in. Like I need this profitability to be able to be the fun account for you. So like once a quarter, you take money out of that account to be able to do whatever you want with it. So that way you can say, hey, I'm going to buy the house or I'm going to buy this car. Or, I'm going to go on the vacation. Or, I'm going to do this thing. Like that's to make sure that you are either 
Number one, either getting out of debt. If you got a lot of bad debt, use it for that first. But then once you're out of debt, use it for fun stuff or why you start your business. If that's to buy a portfolio free and clear, like start buying houses with that. If once you get enough of the profit in there, then the owner's tax, if you're going to pay taxes throughout the year, have a tax account. So that way you're stuffing money from every deal that closes versus like, oh shoot, it's tax time. I got to do three more deals right now and running around there and giving yourself financial anxiety. The other three are real simple too. You already have OPEX. That's the bad guy. That's the one that's already sending out the money. You know, that's Voldemort. You've got the income account, which is like the make them. This is what I'm making. This is the account that you set up that's separate where deposits come in and then you transfer money out of there to the other bank accounts. So it's just a holding bucket. Then the one I add, the sixth one that I add for the real estate investing world is OPM. If you take other people's money for projects, for the love of God, do not mix it in with the first five bank accounts to run your business. Don't run into like a Ponzi scheme where you're using Project C's money for Project A because you ran out of Project A's money so long ago. So that's where helping yourself, keep yourself from as much as that as possible. So those are the big ones. Those are the accounts to set up because once you have that, you don't just have a good system for managing the money. You have clarity. Clarity creates confidence. Confidence creates better decisions. Better decisions equals more money, top line and bottom line. So that's really what we're trying to get out of this is that I know I'm directing every dollar. So before with the one bank account, your money was basically telling you what to do. Now you're telling your money where to go. So that's really the big thing that gives you there. It gives you a lot of confidence and to know I can either spend this, I can't, or I don't have enough money, like, or I'm not making enough to pay myself what I need. We got something's got to change here. You know, so it just gives you those, those signs right in front of your face to be able to say, something's either off or like, wow, we're doing really well. Maybe we could adjust the percentage. Maybe I could go out and hire someone now, take this thing off my plate and I could go get even more deals. So that's like the point of the system. Then from there, you're really running it to make sure that you're fulfilling your purpose. That's why even with Joey, that same guy, he set up these accounts and that next year in like 2020, 2020, 21 and 22, he walks into a CPA's office now and she said, what the heck happened? Like, you know, now I would definitely go into real estate. And he told me that those next few years that he walked in there in the first year, he said, tell me how much I owe. I just, I want to know. So she said, okay, this is how much you owe. He looked at his bank account right there on his phone and said, okay, I have the money. Like I'm down to like a hundred dollars, like within of what I need. Where do I send the money? She's like, send it here. So she he sent the money. He's like, I don't want to talk to you for a year. You know, it's like, I don't want to think about this again. He goes in the next two years and gives himself a refund from his tax account because he saved too much. So he transferred it from tax to his profit account, used it the first year to buy an RV and take a three-week road trip this year, last year in that RV. The second year he get, he, um, or the second time he did that and had the overfunding, he get, he put into a giving account for a camp for kids. So it was like, that's what he was able to do because that was one of the big purposes of his business. So he set up a giving account and funded that, which in this last year, which is like gets me to choke up almost every time is that he put almost $70,000 in that giving account in 2022 and he was 70,000 in the hole in 2019. But because of the habits, because of having this system, because of doing those things, he was able to give that money to this camp for kids. And from this one account, he gave what he lost in 2019, but he still had profit, owner's comp, the OPEX, the taxes, like he didn't have to touch any of that to give this money away. That's where now I get to see that story all the time. And that's why we're on this podcast now because of this book, because of the people that will just like Joey that find themselves, oh my gosh, I'm doing like all these deals. I'm, I'm bleeding money. Where is it all going? 
to where Joey in 2020 said, I did less deals than I've ever done and I have more money in my account now than I've ever had. You know, like that's a difference between running and gunning it and just hoping that everything works out because we're just going to do a lot of deals versus being intentional with the dollars that come in on the back end. So that's point number two. I know it was long-winded. There was a lot there. Pause it, go back. Those are the, the six fundamental accounts for real estate investors to give yourself a, a fighting chance on the financial end of your business. Yeah, I think that's um, really good advice. I was thinking as you're talking, um, I don't know if you've read, I'm sure you have read the book, The E-Myth. Oh yeah, um, big time. Yeah, yeah. But that if if you're, um, you know, trying to like run your business as we all do, like we get into business and like most of us, like you said, you know, maybe you look like you have a finance background, but you don't. And I think yeah. the reality is like most people who get into real estate investing, like we come from all walks of life, but that yeah. doesn't mean we necessarily have um, a, a business administration degree. We don't have a finance degree, but because we end up of, of like being CEO of my company Inc., like we kind of have to learn that, that stuff later. And so things end up being a mess. And then you realize two years into it, like, wait a second, I'm trying to scale something here where the margin is garbage. And right. so like the harder I work, the more work I take on. And it seems like I'm making less money. So like, yeah. you know, my management, that was the story of my management business for some years until I woke up to that and I was like, wait a second, if I'm scaling this, like I'm just scaling my headaches. I'm not right. scaling my bottom line. So it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so did you, um, you know, we've, we've been, this has flown by. Um, normally we try to keep the interviews around around 30 minutes. Um, I have like one or two other questions I want to ask you. Did you have anything else you wanted to kind of tell me about? No, that, um, I can yeah. shut up now on that. Those are the big things. If they do the keep number and if they can set up at least one bank account from this episode, call it profit, transfer 1%, like just do something from this episode. So that would be my final piece on those two points. Yeah. And and beyond that, reach out to David if you want to learn more about this, because it sounds like uh, it's, this is a, a pretty a pretty good model. Um, so tell me if we're changing gears, like, sure. you know, one of my big pet peeves with uh, the real estate industry is that a lot of this is about projecting an image of success, right? And, um, you know, if you look at what people try to pr pr like uh, put forward, especially like at conferences, especially at places where there's like a little bit of that competitive stuff going on, I think people don't talk about the lifestyle hits they took to get where they are. And so I always like to ask, um, you know, I guess that question is like, tell me, just like be transparent. Like, what was that part of your journey like? Because it's not true that, you know, you get to be a world champion without suffering lots of hours in the gym. And it's not true that you get to be a successful real estate investor without making some sacrifices that maybe other like normal people who have a day job don't make. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Well, man, back in the real estate days, those are it's easy there. It was the lawn hours or it was the phone calls or it was the, I did a lot of things in that company. I was property management, project management. I got to see contractors. I got to see tenants. I got to create those systems. I was also a systems guy. So I like created like Podio's a CRM and I created a Podio system for like for our internal business for managing like about our hundred doors. And like with one VA and one office person, they were able to manage all those doors and the VA was calling the tenant. So it's like, I got to see, you know, from that aspect. And then also just being, uh, I, I also started in sales too. And like that, I, and for me, it's been a learning journey. So it's like, I also have to build this plane on the way up. So I need to learn all this stuff as I'm implementing it and going to these conferences then in this business that I have today, so not just real estate, but the, I have a fractional CFO company that implements profit first, but also just 
teaches and helps people with the financial leadership portion. And uh, oh man, last year I traveled 40 times. I am an introvert. Like I am very much of like the, just drains me to be in the, like the networking type environment. I'd rather be in the room just like, just on my own or, you know, and I like it at some point, but some point it's just like 40 is too much. But then at the same time, I knew there was a message that I wanted to get out. So it was like, okay, I'm going to have to do this. I talked with my wife and my daughter at the beginning of the year, like, hey, this book is launching. This is actually resonating with a lot of people. You know, like we have to talk about this now. So that's kind of how I headed off that too, where I was able to travel, you know, about 40 times in the last year. And then, you know, there's been a lot of late nights. There's been a lot of going back and forth of the, okay, do I want to grow the business? Do I not want to grow the business? Decisions that had to be made. The transition even from you working a job in the real estate world to going full time in my own business because I'd had side businesses before I'd done the I'd even had real estate, you know, like of my own rentals, but then going and focusing on this one thing. That was a big mental hurdle too of going like, okay, I need to go from, you know, just making all the security that I thought everything else over here had, you know, like on the J-O-B side and like on the few rental side to then going up like, no, I have something that I think can help a lot of people. And I need to take a risk on myself. I need to go out there. That was one of the things too. I had a lot of good people in my life up to this point. You know, like I have great parents. I have like no reason not to turn out, you know, like not to do out there and make an impact. So I also felt at the same time too, that there were so many good people behind me and that I can say that even if this fails, at least I tried to go out there and make an impact on the world and made an impact on someone else. Like I've seen how this has helped other people, but I need to take enough risk on myself too to say this is big enough to help others, you know, and to actually go out there and do that. So that was one big mental hurdle as well. I remember struggling with that and being like, okay, do I want to risk all this? I was also getting like a huge raise, you know, like where I was. And so addition to all the other income I had, it was like going to be pretty significant. And I'm like, okay, do I want to forfeit that, you know, like to even start this thing and kind of start lower than where I would be right now, or, you know, like where I was back then. So that was a, that was a big mental hurdle too. Then there's always, you know, there's always stuff. If you're in a business, you just know as a business owner, everything, everything rests on your shoulders. Like not that the responsibility that you have to do it, but at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, you take responsibility. If something goes right, you give the other person praise. So it's a very not, it's, it, well, if you're the right type of owner, then it's the very much the right, you know, it's a very much the thing where it's just not a lot of praise in public. And then in private, it's usually a lot of like, I got to call this person, like, let's smooth this over. What can I do to make it right? But then at the same time too, there's also been a piece because I know even if I have to give money back or if I have to do anything, I'm going to do the right thing. So then I've also never been real worried about the business from that aspect because I feel like, okay, no matter what, this person or with or it's not even our fault. They just say, okay, I want, you know, like, no, this isn't the right time. Okay, give them the money back. I don't need your money more than I need to actually help you. So if you want the help, great. If you don't, that's fine too. I just want to make sure that we're actually here to help you. So that's also been a guiding principle to keep me out of a lot of hot water. That I feel like a lot of other people have gotten into that I've seen in the industry as well too. So there's been a lot of things on this journey, but those are kind of the big highlight points from the different areas that I've been a part of for the last 10 years. Yeah, I uh, I really, like as we were talking, I resonated with a lot of stuff. Like I think as a business owner, you know, taking accountability. Um, I don't know if you can really, I mean, I guess it is a form of sacrifice, right? Because it's like you are more accountable for the things that go wrong and when things go right very often you're not the one like that's like someone's showing up to thank you sometimes it happens sometimes but it's but it's 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 definitely rare right and it's not like we want to seek that it's like we just want to make that impact 
but at the same time too, it's just stuff's going to go right and stuff's going to go wrong. And you just have to be prepared as that business owner to be able to handle it. No matter yeah, what. absolutely. So look, David, we're uh, just about out of time. I want to yeah. thank you for uh, spending this time with us. I think, uh, you know, you've provided a bunch of value and it's certainly been a, an interesting conversation. Um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to learn more? Sure. There's a one-stop shop, simplecfosolutions.com or simplecfo.com. I forgot that we bought that domain last year. Simplecfo.com. Either one will get you there, but that's the easier one. So CFO is like chief financial officer. So simplecfo.com, that's where you can find the book, our podcast. Terry was on there as well too. So her episodes, if it's not already out, it's coming out there. We've also got, if you want to learn about our fractional CFO services and what we do, we've got the book a call button. Or if you just need help on that side and you're like, okay, I have no idea. I don't even have a bookkeeper or anything. Our people can guide you to a good person that we recommend in this space too. Because there's, oh man. Because uh, everyone has usually had a bad experience with a bookkeeper or CPA. So if we can help you on that side, let us help you there too. So that's how you reach out, simplecfo.com. All right. Well, thank you, David, for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.